So each morning, we so far we've been giving some practice instructions coming out of the Satipatthana Sutta, the four establishments of mindfulness. And after 10 days or so, we're starting to come to the end of the sequence. So this morning, rather than adding any new practices, I'd just like to give a bit of an overview or a review of what we've done so far. And all of the practices that we're offering really rest on two bases. Concentration, or the mind that's undistracted, and mindful awareness, that quality of attention that is crucial for the deepest insights to arise. So without these two, without some stability of mind or samadhi, and the presence of mindfulness or sati, it's impossible to see clearly, to experience the kind of transformative understandings that lead to true freedom. So this morning, I'd like to say a little bit more about these two qualities, starting with samadhi. (coughs) So samadhi is usually translated into English as concentration. But this word concentration, it has connotations of sort of forcing the attention to stay tightly focused somewhere that it usually doesn't actually want to be. And often we find that if we try to push the mind like that, it's often counterproductive because samadhi is more accurately uh, translated as stability of mind, unification of mind non-distractability or absorption. And this stability comes more from letting go of whatever's unnecessary or extraneous uh, so that all that remains is the one object that we do want to bring awareness to. So samadhi is more of a, a natural and easeful process of releasing whatever is not the object rather than trying to forcefully focus, fix, or fixate the mind on the object. And one of the great benefits of developing more samadhi is that the stillness of body and mind that it brings are deeply refreshing. They allow the nervous system to rest in a way that's a restorative and supportive of clear seeing, of insight. So we can talk about these two qualities of samadhi and sati as two distinct aspects of meditation, but in actual practice they do uh, both develop together. Because as mindfulness becomes more continuous, more moment to moment, the mind naturally settles, becomes calm and stable. But having said that, At different times in the practice, it can be helpful to consciously emphasize one of these two qualities, either either the samadhi or the sati aspect of the practice. For example, at those times when the mind is quite distracted or scattered or agitated, we might um, take some time to orient more towards samadhi to help become more settled. On the other hand, if we have settled into some stability of mind, and sometimes there isn't quite enough energy to stay present, we might find ourselves drifting into what's known as thinking mind. And at those times, 
it might be helpful to sort of refresh the energy in the system by paying more careful attention to the details of our experience to highlight more the sati or mindfulness um, aspect of the practice. So we can use the practice of mindfulness of breathing to highlight uh, these two qualities by emphasizing slightly different approaches to the breath. So when we're practicing for samadhi or stability of mind, we're not so much interested in the details of the breath. We're just connecting with the simple rhythm of the breath as an anchor, knowing in, out, or rising, falling. So there's just the basic knowing of the rhythm of the breath coming into the body and leaving the body. That's all. On the other hand, if we're practicing mindfulness of the breathing more in the service of insight, we do want to notice the subtleties of each breath, the details of it, all the different sensations, the ever-changing flow of experience moment to moment. So perhaps an analogy could be helpful here. Sometimes I think of these two slightly different approaches uh, with the metaphor of a surfer. I haven't surfed myself, but I've body surfed and I've watched a lot of surfers. And if we think of a surfer who's waiting for the right wave to arrive, she's just lying on her board and there's the swell of the waves coming up and down. She's relaxed and she's just knowing, rising, falling, rising, falling. That's all she needs to do. So that's like being aware of the breath for samadhi. On the other hand, when a wave comes that she wants to catch and she catches it, then I imagine she's totally present to every detail of her experience. So she really needs to be aware of the balance of the board and the pressure of the wave and the speed and the direction and the presence of other surfers around her, perhaps the presence of fins. So she's highly tuned into her surroundings, really aware of all the details. And this is more like uh, practicing mindfulness of breathing for insight, for wisdom, when we're noticing all the details and the, again, the changing flow of experience. So in practice, we often move quite naturally between these two different aspects of the breath. But as I said earlier, at times it can be skillful to consciously choose one or the other. So if there's agitation or restlessness in the mind, we might use the simple rhythm of the breath to help it calm down. And often at the start of a sitting, it can be helpful to begin with this more calming aspect of the breath. If we've just come from the relative stimulation of walking. At other times, the breath can become too calming and we start to almost lull ourselves to sleep. And then it can be helpful to pay closer attention to the details of the breath so that we, this can raise energy in the mind and help us to stay connected with the details. So we can work with the breath in these different ways to emphasize samadhi or sati, mindfulness. And from time to time, it can also be helpful to bring mindfulness to the quality of the mindfulness itself. 
because one of the challenges of the word sati being translated into English as mindfulness is that in English, mindfulness is a noun. It's a static thing, and it can give the impression that mindfulness is a thing that we do, that we either have it or we don't. And if we don't have it, we've got to get it. And it can bring up this kind of doing, busy approach to the practice and reinforce that very common tendency to want to be in control. Whereas as the mindfulness develops more and more, it becomes the default setting of the mind. And it's not so much, uh, it doesn't take so much effort to do it. It's just more the natural orientation of the mind to be aware and present. So mindfulness is not so much a thing as a relationship to our experience. And as with all relationships, it's constantly changing. So sometimes the mindfulness is more active. It goes out to get or find the object to connect with it, to note it. Sometimes it feels like it's zoomed right in, like the macro setting on a camera so that we see the minute details of the experience in ultra high definition. Other times we might find that the mindfulness is more naturally sort of settled back and receptive, more wide angle, like a 180 degree panorama lens on a camera. So when we start to ex explore mindfulness more directly, we see this, it's a, a constantly changing relationship to our experience. And there's an, uh, a description by the German scholar monk Bhikkhu Analio. He has quite a humorous way of talking about these different um, ways of practice based on his own experience. And he said that early on he was practicing mindfulness more in that sense of going out, finding the object, connecting with it, noting it, labeling it, almost, in his words, pouncing on the object. Mm -hmm. And after a while he started to notice how much effort this was taking and that it was actually creating tension in the mind. He felt like he was a hunter, sort of hyper alert and just waiting for the next target to come up so he could metaphorically shoot it. So at that point he decided he would rather become more of a vegetarian. <laughs> and this is more of an analogy for the receptive style of mindfulness where we just settle back and receive our experience. So another way of thinking of this approach is as mindfulness as allowing the object to fill the mind. And this is how Ajahn Suchito, the English monk, talks of mindfulness. So we just allow the experience to fill the mind so completely that there's no room for anything else. And this too is a more relaxed approach to mindfulness. Then we also have the, the precision of the Mahasi approach, uh, at times using mental noting, that to really help refine our understanding of the experience. So we can experiment with these different approaches to mindfulness, all in the service of the balance that's woven throughout the Buddha's teachings. And as we do this, we might um, 
play with opening up the field of our awareness to include more and more aspects of it. And we see this within the instructions of the Satipatthana Sutta itself. So the other day, Winnie briefly mentioned the um, invitation to pay attention to the six sense doors. So beginning to bring awareness to seeing, to hearing, smelling, tasting, touching or physical sensations and the mind itself is classified as a sense door in the Buddha's teachings. So we have these six different aspects of our experience that we can begin to pay attention to. And I'll be touching into some of these in the guided meditation this morning. Okay, so again, beginning by just settling into a comfortable sitting position. One where you can be relaxed and alert. Upright and at ease. Coming home to the body and getting that felt sense of the whole body sitting. Sitting supported by the earth beneath you. Bringing awareness to the contact of the ground with your feet, your legs. And the contact of the sitting bones with the cushion or the bench or the chair. Establishing a stable base. And then from this stable base, inviting the spine to emerge just a little straighter and taller. Tuning into the whole body and knowing the body sitting. There is a body. Body (coughs) sitting. Taking just a few moments now to scan through your own body and to tune into those areas of your body where you tend to habitually store tension. And just seeing if any of that tension might be relaxed a little. Just inviting the body to soften, to settle, 
come to ease. And then bringing the awareness to the experience of breathing. Beginning with just that very simple knowing that you're breathing in and knowing that you're breathing out. Knowing the in-breath, the out-breath. Rising and falling. And in the instructions from the Satipatthana Sutta, there's the invitation to calm the bodily formations. We can experiment with this. Noticing that as we breathe out, there's a natural settling and softening and releasing in the body. So paying attention to this with the out-breath. Dropping in the word calm. Just as an invitation to see if the body might settle a little more fully. Breathing in, breathing out, inviting calm. Rising, falling, calm. as the mindfulness, the attention becomes a little more stable, more connected with the breath, 
you might begin to notice the differences between each in-breath and each out-breath. Without forcing or straining, just gently bringing awareness to notice more of the details of each breath. One half breath at a time. Noticing the beginning the middle and the end of each in-breath. The beginning and the middle and the end of each out-breath. As you do this, you might become aware of the qualities of each half breath. How some are long and some are short, rough or smooth, deep or shallow. Not analyzing or judging, but simply knowing, receiving the qualities of each in-breath and each out-breath. One half-breath at a time. And then gradually opening up the field of awareness to include sensations throughout the whole body. Not only the physical sensations of the breath, but just allowing the awareness to connect with any other physical sensations that might become predominant. Sensations of warmth or coolness pressure, lightness, heaviness, tingling, 
numbness, throbbing, or perhaps at times nothing at all, simply knowing sensations that are present, allowing the awareness to connect with this ever-changing flow of physical sensations throughout the whole body. From time to time, the experience of hearing might naturally become predominant. So opening up the field of awareness now to include the experience of hearing. 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 Whenever a sound is present. without forcing or straining or narrowing the attention, simply settling back and receiving the experience of sound. And in the same way, from time to time, mental activity might become most predominant. So you might notice thinking of some kind, thoughts or words or images, memories. And these two can be folded into the field of awareness. Simply knowing thinking. Thinking. So opening up awareness now to include 
the whole of this ever-changing flow of experience. Simply allowing the mind to connect with whatever is most predominant. And if at any time you get lost or confused, you can simply begin again. Coming back to just that simple knowing of the breath, coming into the body, leaving the body, continuing in this way in silence now. You might notice sound at the ear door, (laughs) feeling tone, pleasant, unpleasant or neutral, responses in the mind, pleasant or unpleasant. All of this can be known in the field of awareness.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.